0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Australian Grape and Wine. My name is Tony Battelline. I'm Chief Executive, and today I have the very great pleasure to welcome Heinrich Walgren. He's the Business Services Manager with the South Australian Wine Industry Association. Now, what we're talking about today is, is a really interesting and really pertinent issue, and it's about heavy vehicles. Um, we're going into what's going to be a, a very uh, important vintage for the wine sector, and how heavy vehicles and how they act and how they load and unload and the chain of responsibility becomes vital at these times. Uh, we're very lucky in that we've been running a project in collaboration with the One Grape Council of South Australia and the South Australian Wine Industry Association. And Henrik is running this program. Henrik's got a lot of experience. He's worked with Sawyer for what seems to me about 100 years. He claims it's only seven, um, but he's, he's really strong background in the whole industrial relations policy and politics. Um, He's got a really important role and for the South Australian listeners, you'll know that he's responsible for the advice and consulting and training and policy in relation to human resources. But this work on industrial relations, work health and safety, chain responsibility and liquor licensing also comes within his very broad remit. So first of all, welcome, Henrik, to the show. Thank you, Tony, for having me. All right. So I wonder if you could, first of all, just give us a, a Before we go into what the grant is and what we're doing, could you just tell me a little bit about the issues that surround heavy vehicles and what the problems we're facing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we know that um, obviously transportation is is key in the industry. So looking at the harvest, I mean, grapes are more or less exclusively transported to, to wineries by heavy vehicles. So there's a lot of truck movement, particularly during the vintage season. And taking a step back uh, in 2018, we had national laws coming into operation, applying in South Australia, obviously Queensland, Victoria, most states apart from WA, uh, where um, the whole sort of concept of uh, chain responsibility was really beefed up. And that means that everyone in the supply chain from growers to transporters, to wineries, to schedulers, to uh, contracting businesses are responsible for ensuring the, the safe transportation for example, of grapes, but it could obviously be finished product as well. And um, we were starting to look at this and speaking to our members, um, what they saw that we should be should be doing, and what the need was um, in terms of, I guess, more um, more advice and information to the industry. So we've initially rolled out some some information sessions. We then developed some guidelines to industry, and we were also approached by um, NHVR. So ourselves and the Wine Grape Growth Council of South Australia were approached by NHVR a couple of years ago who said that they they were quite, um, I guess, unhappy with the, the number of spillages during the winter season in, in some key, uh, key regions and wanted the industry to step up to do more. Um, so when an opportunity presented itself in terms of a grant, uh, obviously we we had um, talked to, to our members about that and also reached out to Australian Grape Wine to see could we take this nationally and to do some work into
0: space. So, I mean, and, and I remember back in 2018, so there were a lot of pictures of spillages on the roads. And of course, the real issue for that is the, the damage that it caused to other people on the roads, as well as obviously the problems that causes. I think chain of responsibility is interesting. So my understanding of this is that now that even if you're a grape grower de- delivering your grapes to the winery, the responsibility is not just yours, but it's also on the recipient of those grapes. Is that right
1: that's, that, that's right so it's, it's a shared responsibility obviously um your liability depends on how i guess how much you can influence that process but it's not about like if there is a spillage it's not just that the transporter would potentially be held liable NHBR would look at across the supply chain what was the cause of it why was there a spillage to start with what did everyone along the supply chain do from the grower to the contracting business, for example, to the transporting business, to the winery, what contributed, what caused this village and any anyone sort of along that supply chain could be held responsible. So it's really about ensuring that everyone steps up and do their part to, to ensure the safe transportation.
0: So given that liability, I think it's probably worthwhile talking a little bit about the project and the, the code and, and the reason, You know, obviously the reason we're doing it is that we all have a responsibility and people can get hurt and then we're all liable. But so a little bit about the code, perhaps Enric, and, and the work we're trying to do there. And, and I've got to congratulate you on the leadership you've shown in this project. It's, uh, it's been inspiring. Thank you, Tony.
1: Um, so in terms of the
0: code, the, the, obviously you have the law and there
1: is something called a master code, which is a sort of generic guidance to all industries. That master code provides some guidance and, and some assistance to, I guess, to all industries. By looking at the code we identify that there's obviously specific uh, hazards specific risks and specific i guess equipment and modes of transportation anyone in the industry that the master code didn't really capture um so we saw there was a need to develop more specific guidance to the industry and the um the code of practice um the standing of a code of practice is that the code of practice is not compulsory to follow you don't breach the law if you don't follow the code of practice but following the code generally would be taken to be evidence of being compliant. So if you follow the code and something, something goes wrong, then that would be a defense. Um, so you can find more, if you can find more efficient, better ways to ensure the safe transportation, that's fine. But um, it really provides, I guess, practical guidance to industry. It's a bit similar to what we have in the safety space, where we have a lot of codes of practices in terms of WHS. Um, so um, we worked with NHVR. We also developed this, uh, funding application in cooperation with Australian Rape and Wine and, and then decided to not just develop a code, but also have it an education component to it. Um, and obviously as part of the, the code development, stakeholder consultation is really important because obviously we want a code to have an industry application to be relevant that people feel they have buy-in into the code. And what we have developed is actually practical to the end user.
0: So, yeah, co-design is critical, I think, to successfully developing the code. Um, One of the problems, of course, we've had is that COVID-19 came along. Uh, We had a whole lot of workshops that were scheduled around the country. Um, Can you just tell us where we're up to on that consultation phase and what the next steps in the project are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we had a pretty ambitious um, stakeholder engagement I guess, process where we could run to the regions across across the country to ensure that all wine producer states really had a, had a way of providing feedback. So what we've done so far, we rolled out the stakeholder sessions back in November last year and started here in SA and finished ours and we had really good take up We're very happy with the turnout we've had. We've had about 100 plus participants from transporters to wine producers to grape growers. Um, to regional contractors and others, other stakeholders who have an interest in this. Um, so we finished those, and it generated a lot of really good practical feedback and suggestions from industry. Um, we also took a session to, to Tasmania, uh, which was like a different way we saw stakeholders directly. Um, and in April uh, this year, we uh, had a session in Mildura, which was also well attended. And then obviously COVID struck again. Um, so we had a pretty um, ambitious stakeholder program for Western Australia, New South Wales and Victoria what we had unfortunately put on hold uh, this year. The aim is to restart that um, post-vintage, so finish those consultation sessions. Um, in addition to, I guess, the, the delays that COVID uh, caused uh, during this time, The National Heavy Vehicle Regulator has also undertaken a review of the guidelines to develop the codes, because apart from ourselves, there's been quite a few other bodies who have worked on code development, and some of them are really advanced. They really have finished drafts. Unfortunately, the process so far uh, has not been very successful, in that no other industry code of practice, apart from the moisture code, has been approved. And this is despite years uh, of work going into this process. So NHVR recognized there was a need to change the process to ensure that we can actually have codes being rolled out and being approved. Um, So there was a review process where we put in a submission in cooperation with the Grape and wine. Uh, There were a number of questions. And uh, we're still awaiting the final new guidelines to be released. But it's fair to say the conversations I've had with NHVR is that the process will be and if we are taking a much more active role and participating in the drafting process, at times maybe draft the code but with industry input. So I think we will see quite a lot of changes going forward to, I guess, the code development.
0: Uh, thanks, Henrik. And I guess, I mean, it's it's a really good partnership, one I'm very proud to be part of. And I can assure all our listeners that, despite the fact that we've uh, got the South Australian Wine Industry Association as the lead uh, proponent out here on this, This is a truly national project, uh, and it's backed by, you know, the three three organisations and it's backed by everyone else. So we've been consulting as well with state and regional associations on this. Uh, We think it's really important. My discussions with the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator is they are looking closely at our sector and will continue to do so. Um, We're hoping that when this is finalised that we will have that code of, that associated code of practice. Uh, will then be able to educate people on it. We'll be able to brief everyone on it and it will help drive us into the future. I guess we're not there yet, Henrik. So what are the problems that we're going to see over this vintage and what should people be doing about them before we get this code in place?
1: Okay. I think a key focus and a key focus now for, for a couple of years has been grape spillages. And that's because it's obviously an obvious hazard. It is a public hazard. We know that having grapes on, pub- on public roads it's incredibly slippery and obviously can result in, in serious um, incidents and accidents. Um, and it's also something that NHVR has observed over a number of observed over a number of years that there are still spillages occurring. Um, particularly in, you know, they've, I guess, highlighted the Riverland region here in the South Australia and Barossa, but going into state conversations we've had. Um, with other, other states and other regions, we know this is, this is not a statewide specific um, issue, this is, a, this is a national issue as well. So NHVR is, is, um, is expecting the industry to step up, to do more, um, to prevent spillages. And that is, has been the major focus of discussions we've had so far. What is causing spillages and what can be done to prevent spillages? And it's fair to say it's not necessarily a, an easy issue to address. It's multifaceted. There is a number of factors playing into the cause of spillages, but um, discussing with industry, I think industry recognises this is a problem, and we have worked up a number of different sort of potential solutions that could be implemented to to hopefully prevent spillages from
0: occurring. And thanks, Henrik. So I mean, I, and the other thing are uh, there are significant penalties for people. So this is not just about trying to do the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, it will be enforced. It is national. Um, we've certainly heard of you know problems right across Australia. And we know that it's going to be looked at very closely this year. Um, so it's not just a legal issue. Um, and it's really important. We know that everyone's stressed in vintage. We know everyone's trying to get their grapes delivered on time. Uh, but it's it's an issue where you can't cut corners. So I think um, I would urge everyone to, and um, Henry, could you just point people towards where some resources are that they could look to understand uh, the issues and the solutions?
1: Yeah. So i just, just going to take up, um, turning what you mentioned in terms of penalties. I mean, that, that is, that's absolutely true. The penalties in the natural laws are big, uh, to say the least, where um, it's obviously different categories from a category one of offence where it's a person who's reckless And that is for an individual uh, is $300,000 or up to five years jail, or for a corporation, $3 million. Whereas the category three offense, which is a breach of a safety duty for an individual is $50,000 or $500,000 for a corporation. And we should also recognize, particularly around sort of spillages, not just, I guess, the risk to to public safety, but also the cost on on local communities where councils are incurring significant costs having to go out, pardon me, and and, and clean up on public roads. Um, In terms of what can be done, Tony, well, it's I guess what we picked up in the the discussions so far is that, uh, as I said, it is a multifaceted issue. And at times it comes down to the drivers and drivers not being familiar with, I guess, the load of grapes is different from carton grapes to, for example, grain to finished product. Sometimes it's about a, a driver education. Sometimes it's about, um, and if you if you have a, I guess if, if there is a if there is a um, if you can do this. And I recognize that sometimes in, in some regions there is a. A lack of available drivers and transporters but it's also about looking at which which transporters are available in the industry what's the reputation doing a bit of due diligence <clears throat> pardon me getting uh, feedback from other wineries which which transporters they they might be using um it comes down to i guess in, in the vineyard the growers being aware of how grapes are, are loaded um, using scales for example uh, we've heard that from from another transporters who have invested significant Resources into installing uh, scales to ensure that you actually know the load, that you understand that different grapes are different in terms of how much juice they create, understand the difference between machine harvesting and, and hand picking, for example. Um, at times, it comes down to particular roads. We've heard that in, in our stakeholder sessions that some roads are more likely uh, to have spillages. It could be roundabouts, it could be uh, certain routes. So it could be, uh, I guess, making transporters aware of which I guess which routes are probably more high risk, which routes maybe they should avoid if they can. Um, so in terms of I guess what's what's available in in terms of resources, well obviously NHVR has uh, guidance materials on the website. That's not that's not one industry one industry specific, obviously. Um, you've also got the, the MasterCard, um, which addresses some aspects uh, which is really uh, relevant to us. Um, it's obviously important in terms of making it clear who is, who is responsible, what the parties are. There's a lot of information on load restraint and how to restraint um, what you are carting. Um, there's a lot of information about fatigue because that's also obviously a key issue, fatigue management and speeding. Um, so when you enter into contracts, you have to look at times. Uh, if there are pressures, it's also having that information flow and that's been raised several times that the i guess the companies that seem to be doing well in terms of chain, chain responsibility they have a really good information flow between i guess the grower and the car and the transporter and the winery so if there are delays for example that you passed it on pretty much straight away to those in the supply chain so you can work around that for example so there are some um, you know generic guidelines and information on the nhB website but i guess one of the key issues in this product is that there not really any wine industry specific guidelines and that's why I think having a code is so important to be able to provide options and practical practical solutions to, to participants.
0: Uh, and, uh, thanks Henrik and I, I think it'll be great once we get the code in place so we do have those practical solutions I um, mean I think for this vintage I can just again implore please have good close communication between Winemakers and grape growers. I mean, we need to know. You know, if there are problems and if you you do not breach the law, there are very big penalties. Uh, there's a safety issue for the public. Uh, it's really important that we work together to try and uh, make sure that we can deliver grapes safely and legally and, and overcome these problems. So, Henrik, I'm going to leave you with the last word. I'd like to thank you for your contribution. Um, any any final words before we um, move off?
1: Um, probably uh, there will be obviously more activity next year. Uh, and also, Tony, as you said, it is a natural issue. So we have a, a steering committee for this project with representation from the various states, from Western Australia, for example, from Victoria, New South Wales, great grower interests, um, obviously from Australian grape and wine, uh, because we recognise that, sure, we look at this, we have looked at this from a South Australian perspective, and obviously a discussion with, with our members, but having the... the I guess the national representation and and input from other states is so important that we take this to to the national stage and we roll out um, solutions uh that at work um across across the country so having i guess various various options not having a sort of one-size-fits-all format because it's not going to work because regions are different states are different but to give uh, participants a bit of a menu of things that they consider consider to ensure that we have a, a safe transportation and we for example, and really address spillages.
0: Thanks, Henrik. And, and thanks everyone who's contributed to this process. It's been really important in these national initiatives that we get everyone around the country. And it's been, I've been overwhelmed by the, the amount of uh, contributions we've had and the support. Also thanks to uh, uh, the One Graves Council of South Australia who have been a, a co-sponsor of all this. And of course, Henrik who and, he and his team have done a fantastic job. You'll hear more from us. Uh, we'll be out there next year. We'll get the code in place. But in the meantime, I hope you'll have a a great vintage. Keep your head up and, uh, and let's battle on. Thank you, everyone.